When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Been going on two years since the Edmonton Oilers traded Taylor Hall to the New Jersey Devils for defenseman Adam Larson. Last season at this time, the trade looked like a good one for the Oilers. It seemed like the right move as Larson was a factor in helping Edmonton make the playoffs for the first time in a decade, while Hall and the Devils missed the postseason. This season, different story. Hall has gone on a 25-plus game point scoring streak and is now being talked about as a league MVP candidate, and the Devils are headed into the playoffs while Larson and the Oilers have struggled and are out of the postseason picture. And so the Oilers are playing out the string. We've got a month left before the end of the regular season and thus the end of the Oilers' disappointing 2017-18 campaign. I'm Craig Ellingson. I talked to Hockey Hall of Fame writer Jim Matheson at Rogers Place during an Oilers practice about these topics and more in this, our Oil Spills podcast for March 8th, 2018. Uh, Taylor Hall has continued to be a topic in the news. He's on a 25-plus game scoring streak. And, uh, of course, this not even two years ago when the owners traded him to the New Jersey Devils. Uh, you know, last year at this time was a completely different story. Owners are going to the playoffs, the Devils weren't. We could talk about Taylor Hall until the end of the year and beyond, I suppose. But what do we have to focus on? What, what do owners fans and have to focus on, you know, is there something to focus on here or what? Is this just noise? Well, boys? you hate to, to pick up the, uh, the paper the next day and look more to see what Taylor Hall did than the Edmonton Oilers summary. But if you're an Oilers fan, you're kind of wrapped up in whether Taylor Hall is going to keep this streak going or, you know, get it to 30 games or something like that, which, is, which would be one of the longest streaks in NHL history. Uh, and this team in New Jersey has to make the playoffs, I think, for him to be a legitimate uh, MVP candidate. I think it players uh, to win the MVP this team has to make the playoffs and Jersey's got a playoff slot now but isn't locked up. And in terms of the Oilers, um, I know they use the word evaluation. I think that's just coach speak, GM speak for the season's over. We gotta think of something to, to say and evaluating our players. Well I guess you can evaluate Ethan Barrett because you called him up from the minors, but by now you should have evaluated your players well enough that you know whether they can play or they can't play. And the games, 
the last month of the season, I don't know how good a barometer they are for evaluating your team when the, the games that you're playing aren't meaningful. You know, I guess you can play loose and your team you're playing against is fighting hard for a playoff, but you're not. So I don't know how you can use that as a barometer. It's not like like uh, it's a playoff game and you can say, oh, this guy really steps up and plays well in the playoffs. It's, you know, it's garbage time. When it comes to you know, evaluating other players, I mean, if you're going on the lineup, almost everybody should be under the microscope. Um, you know, you're putting them in different situations post-trade deadline. We don't have Michael Tester here anymore. We don't have Patrick Maroon. You're going to try to see what a guy like Jujar Kaira is going to offer your team moving forward. You know, is he picking up some of the roles that Michael Tester would have had, penalty kill, even on the power play? Not just him, of course, but, you know, many different players who are, you know, who do we got? I mean, that, that's ongoing, but now isn't it part of the, you know, isn't this part of a player's responsibility to maybe try to step up when given an opportunity? Well, it is, and I think Kara lo- looks like a fourth-line center now. I think, I think there's been some delineation in terms of who plays center on the team. McDavid plays first-line center, either Dreisaitl or Nugent Hopkins plays second-line center. Ryan Strom is the third-line center. And Carroll looks like he's the fourth line center replacing Mark Latesti. I guess if you're the general manager, you want to see, in Kara's case, can he carry the load? Can he kill penalties like Latesti did? How good a faceoff guy is? And in, in terms of a Slepnishev or a Kajula, you want to see if they're really top nine players or maybe Drake Kajula is a fourth line player. So then if he's a fourth line player, then you better go out and find somebody this summer who's, who's a third line player. Slepnishev is the same thing. Is he a top two-line right winger or is he a third to fourth-line right winger? So that is, I guess, the evaluation. And the evaluation is more for the general manager to see this summer in terms of who he has to trade for and who he has to try to sign. And I think the owners are one of the few teams in the league that are deep at center but not deep at all in the wings. So they better find some wingers this summer with a little more uh, experience to help out the centers they've got. Defense is uh, obviously one position that's under the microscope for the orders. Uh, there's a number of players that haven't played up to their potential uh, this season. One of them is Oscar Clefbaum. He had a great year last year. Uh, this year, he hasn't been the same player. He's been nursing a shoulder injury. Uh, and earlier this week, uh, he said he's playing. He's not going to play for Sweden at the World Championship, but he's playing through for the Oilers. Um, what do you make of that? Well, if, I, if, if he's not going to play in the World Championships, I don't know why they're just not shutting him down. He says he won't need any more, you know, medical attention in terms of repairs on the shoulder this summer in terms of surgery. So, but he hasn't been the same player for a long, you know, since the season started, really, uh, as to last year. So, um, he his game is is dropped to the point where. He really has to pick it up next year, and I think you know his name has come up in, in terms of trade, uh, but that would be another, you know, selling low as Jordan Everly was last year off the playoff where he got no goals, and then you're you're trading 
Everly and basically a salary dump to get Ryan Strom. They wanted to trade Clefbaum. He didn't have a very good year at all. So I don't know what you would get for Oscar Clefbaum that you would have got last year. You got a heck of a lot more. So um, Clefbaum is, is an interesting case. Last year I would have said he's a top pairing defenseman. Now he looks like he's a second pairing defenseman. Darnell Nurse looks like a first pairing defenseman. And if Nurse is a first pairing defenseman, they need an uh, offensive defenseman who plays right side. So Darnell can play the left side. You know, a 50 to 60 point offensive defenseman who shoots right. So Darnell can play the other side. And, and you could use Adam Larson in the second pair with whomever, whether, you know, that's Clefbaum perhaps. Uh, but I would suspect that Clefbaum might be one of those. those players you might use to get another offensive defenseman. So um, that you, know, you mentioned valuation. I think that is a good evaluation point in terms of where you slot your defenseman in. They've got lots of defensemen that are in that second pairing to third pairing bowl. Not a whole lot in the first pairing other than, than Darnell Nurse now. I, I don't know how you, if you can play in the National Hockey League unless you have one strong pair that you say that's our go-to pair. And right now they don't have that. But certainly, uh, you know, Peter Shirelli and Tom McClellan realize that Clefbaum is playing with his ailments. Um, and like you said, you don't want to sell low if you're thinking about trying to change things and trading players away. You're, you're not going to get the value back if you're trading Clefbaum based on his performance this season. And plus, he does seem to get hurt a lot over his career. But he played the whole season last year, but that's one of the few seasons he hasn't been hurt. And he had a shoulder problem after the owners drafted him. He was back in Sweden and he needed shoulder surgery. He says it's the same shoulder, but you know, nothing is near as serious as that was. So you're right. Um, what makes Oscar attractive is he's got a contract that pays him $4.1 million for the next four or five years. So there's some cost certainty there for a team trading for him. This is what he makes. Uh, and you don't have to worry about him playing two years and then suddenly getting six million. So that is makes him attractive. But you're right. The season last year he looked like an offensive defenseman who might get you 40 points. This year he's got three goals. So he, he, there's not much offense there. And part of that is he couldn't shoot early in the season because his shoulder was sore. So um, there's so many question marks in the orders as there should be when the team is in the bottom five in the league. A lot more question marks than exclamation points, let's put it that way. And these are all uh, situations for the general manager this summer to look at and say, this guy's a keeper, this guy's a keeper, this guy's a keeper. I'm not sure about this guy, I'm not sure about this guy, I'm not sure about this guy. So I guess that's the evaluation point, certainly for Peter Shirelli. Connor McDavid is contending for the NHL scoring title this year. Uh, he won it last year with 100 points, uh, and this year it looks like he's could reach that same total again. Uh, why the Oilers are out of the playoffs? Um, so what keeps Connor McDavid going to try to get another title? Why is that important? Well, I think this is as was important to Wayne Gretzky. You want to win them all. You want to win every year, and he won. You know, Gretzky won seemingly every year until you know Mario Lemieux came along, and uh, in Connor's case. Last year, he closed very strongly and won the scoring title. This year, he's been chasing it all year. Uh, Kucherov and Stamkos got the early jump on everybody in Tampa. Uh, and then Malka's really on a tear now in Pittsburgh. Uh, Crosby's kind of in the picture, too. Phil Kessel in Pittsburgh and uh, Connor McDavid. The problem for Connor is 
he gets no points in the power play. He's got 14 power play points, and the Oilers, uh, he's got 180 points. So he's got a few in the shorthanded too, but he leads the league in even strength points, but nothing on the power play. And the other guys are getting power play points. Part of that is Connor McDavid's problem. He plays in the power play with Leon Dreisaitl, but they also don't have a guy quarterback from the point running the power play to to set things up. So he's not getting the gravy power play points where he might still be winning the scoring title. He's going to really need a push, uh, I think, to win the scoring title. I think he's still going to get 100 points, but that might not be enough this year. I think uh, Kucherov and Malkin especially. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Malkin won the scoring title. Malkin gets two points every game now. So, uh, in Connor's case, that would be the only silver lining, I guess, in a bad season if Connor won the scoring title again. Because he's not going to win the Hart Trophy because the team's out of the playoffs. He's not winning that. But at least the scoring title, his name will still be on the trophy uh, 20 years from now that he won the scoring title. And there will be no denotation at the bottom. But Oilers miss playoffs. You know, it'll still say Connor McDavid scoring title. Yeah, you bring up uh, Malkin and Pittsburgh, and, you know, uh, we compare, well, we can try to compare uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins with the Edmonton Oilers. Their situation with Edmonton's, obviously, Crosby and Malkin in Pittsburgh. We've got McDavid and Drysaddle in Edmonton. And, yeah, no, you know, Drysaddle's not in the top 10 in NHL scoring, but in order for Edmonton to become that elite team, Drysaddle has to become that Malkin to McDavid's Crosby. Is that I know, we're, we're seeing Leon Drysaddle play, you know, fairly well here uh, in the second half of the year compared to the beginning of the year. Yeah, he's played well. There's no problems with Leon the last 25 games. He's got lots of points. Uh, the question with Leon is whether he's going to play right wing or he's going to play second line center. Uh, I think that's always going to be a problem for the Oilers unless they get better wingers. They're going to have to play Leon at, at wing, and I think before the season ends, I'm sure they'll give. Ryan Nugent Hopkins a shot on left wing with Connor McDavid because the fans seem to want it. The coach is a little resistant. Uh, I think he sees Ryan Nugent Hopkins as a center, not a winger. And Ryan Nugent Hopkins may see himself as a center, not a winger. But most centers in the league can play the wing, and it's a lot easier for a center to move to the wing than it is for a winger to move to center. So whether it's McDavid playing with Nugent Hopkins or Dreisaitl, he doesn't have a set line. And that's the problem, you know. He's got different people playing with him all year. He's still managing to get his points because he's Connor McDavid, but he really needs one player on his line. As Yuri, as Yuri Curry was uh, the tag team partner for Wayne Gretzky all those years. Every game he needs that one player playing on his line, whether that's Dreisaitl or somebody else, he needs that player. That's our Oil Spills podcast for today. You can listen to our show via iTunes, Google Play, and SoundCloud. I'm Craig Ellingson. Talk to you soon.